Galatians chapter 5. Uh, for perhaps maybe somebody that were not here last week, Mata, hey, how are you? Good to see Mata. You want a bucket next to you or are you good? No, she's all right. All right. I love it. So good to see you. What's up, Ed? If you weren't here last week, uh, we are uh, starting a series on the one another's of Scripture. And we're actually not going to be able to cover all of them. Uh, it's actually mentioned about a hundred times in Scripture. And uh, we can consolidate some of those that are um, repetitious to about 30 one another's. Um, but we're only going to be doing this for a few months. So we're going to cover about half of those. Um, and so last week, uh, Greg started us off by looking at the one another, love one another. Right? Love one another. And I just want to read a, a couple things that... Uh, that he had mentioned last week, a couple of verses before we get into our, our text today. In John 13, 34, uh, the Lord Jesus says this. He says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, and that you also, I'm sorry, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And in John 15, verse 12, he says this. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 14, Paul says this. He says, For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And a little farther down in chapter 6, we're just going to read the first five verses here. It says, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Considering yourself, lest you also be tempted, bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one examine his own work, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For each one shall bear his own load. The Lord will bless the reading of his word this morning. Let's just open in prayer. Our Father, we thank you again for your precious word. And we would ask now that uh, you would use your word uh, to communicate truth to each and every one of our hearts here. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, I've been reminded, actually, um, just in these last couple of weeks as I've been preparing for this message, um, that the troubles of this world are numerous, aren't they? Not only are they numerous, and that they, they come in some, so many different areas, right? They can come from your own family, um, your own personal uh, life. They can come from the church. They can come from church life. They come from um, things that you didn't even know they would come from. <laughs> and it's not even that the troubles are numerous. is that they're relentless. They're relentless. They just uh, they don't give you a break. <laughs> Um, I've found myself personally recently that it's, it's not easy to stay so focused on heaven that I remain unaffected 
by the afflictions of my earthly life. It's hard. It's hard. Um, and I know I'm not alone. All right, we are so often affected by the, the afflictions of our earthly life that we, we have a hard time uh, staying focused. And I was so encouraged that um, as I was uh, struggling in, in, in recent weeks, uh, my wife, who I love, uh, came up to me one day and she goes, listen, just remember, though, you know, to uh, seek those things which are above. Um, to seek those things which are above. Because, you know, uh, our earthly trials, they, they can obscure our heavenly perspective, can't they? We worry, right? We grieve. Um, we stumble. We, we strain <laughs> under the toil of our daily labors. Meanwhile, in addition to all that, we are being assaulted every day by our adversaries. Each and every day. Of various kinds. And those are just a few of the many worldly burdens that frequently keep my thoughts from rising to heaven. And yet, we are commanded to repeatedly seek those things which are above. Paul says it in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. That if you are raised with Christ, if you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ this morning, and you have been raised together with him, it says then you are to seek those things which are above. Why? Because that's where Christ is. That's what Paul says. And then he goes on in verse 2 to say, listen, set your mind on things that are above. Paul says, listen, if you are raised with Christ, you need to be thinking uh, Christ. You need to be seeking Christ. You need to be living Christ. And yet, um, the many worldly burdens uh, that we experience sometimes make that hard to do. Um, They obscure our heavenly perspective. And so we must not allow the burdens of this life to divert our hearts. In uh, 2 Corinthians um, chapter 4, verse 18, we're instructed not to look um, at things that are seen, right, but to the things that are unseen. I don't know about you, but that's hard to do, right? We're so preoccupied with the things that are right there in front of us, the things that are seen. And so, again, we cannot allow uh, the troubles of this life to divert our, our heart's affection and our mind's attention from Christ. From Christ. Because that's what we're instructed to do. We are to be seeking Christ. Seeking heaven. Because that's where Christ is. But how is that possible? <laughs> How is that possible when when the load weighs us down and the troubles just become too much for one person to bear? How is it possible? That is precisely why the church is so important. That's precisely why you here are so important. It is our duty as believers to help bear one another's burdens. You see, when someone staggers, we help steady the load. If he is straining, we help bear the burden. If he or she stumbles, we lift them up. 
helping fellow believers carry the weight of their worldly troubles is one of the chief practical duties that ought to consume every Christian. Now, of course, that concept is contrary to our culture, isn't it? It's so contrary to our fallen nature. Our society's tendency uh, is to foster self-centeredness, self-absorption. Our generation has developed an unhealthy obsession with entertainment. We are assaulted daily with various diversions. And we, we tend to only interact with each other now through faceless media. Most of us have lived in our neighborhoods for years. And yet we are still more isolated than ever. That's not what God intended for the church. You see, because I know that you are experiencing the same thing that I'm experiencing right now. That the load of our earthly child, uh, trials in this earth are, are tough to bear. <laughs> They're heavy. <laughs> and they obscure our heavenly perspective. We often live with a, a me-first agenda. Uh, a me-first agenda of self-love. Rather than the one another commands of Scripture. And so, as a result of that, we do not bear one another's burdens as we should. Yet, here, Paul in Galatians, he actually makes this duty a high priority. He makes it a high priority. It's here in the centerpiece of his admonitions to the Galatian churches. For those that know Galatians, right? The, the first half, if not more, of Galatians is a defense of justification by faith. It's a series of arguments against the false teaching that threatened to place those churches in bondage to the law. And so in Galatians here, chapter 5, which we read, he reminds them that the whole law, the whole law could be summed up in one word, he says. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And how is that, that love manifest then? Paul, if you're saying that, listen, guys, all these arguments that I've been giving you along this whole way that, listen, do not fall into legalism. Do not fall into the bondage of the law. He says, you can sum up everything in this. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Well, Paul, how is that love manifest? What does it look like? Bear one another's burdens. That's how it's manifest. That's how you can show love to your neighbor. That's how you can fulfill the law of Christ. Is by bearing one another's burdens. The, uh, the first and preeminent example um, of burden bearing that Paul mentions, uh, involves dealing with the burden of another Christian's sin. That's a lot of fun. Right? He says here in verse 1, if anyone is, is caught, if anyone is overtaken uh, in any trespass, a transgression, 
you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. One of the things I want to point out here uh, that, that Paul is making very clear here um, is he's explaining how that process is to be carried out. Right? You, you want to bear another's burden, um, right? the burden of another person's sin. And, and listen, we're not talking about someone who is practicing sin. We're not talking about someone who is practicing lawlessness, habitual sin. This is someone who's just been overtaken. This is someone who has transgressed. They've sinned. And, and Paul here says, listen, if you want to bear the burden of that brother or that sister, there's a way you've got to do it. And one of the first things he says here is that you, it's got to be carried out gently and meekly. Gently and meekly. In, in other words, the person restoring that sinning brother or that sinning sister uh, isn't to approach him or her as if you were the master over them. But do it meekly. As, as one who is willing to help shoulder that burden so that that one who has stumbled can get to their feet again. It underscores, too, uh, this verse, the, the true goal of what Paul's getting at. Not only how that person is to be um, confronted, how you're supposed to bear that person's burden, but, but the main goal is what? He's saying to restore. That's the, that's the goal. It's for restoration. It's not for punishment. It's not for public rebuke. It's for restoration. You see, then he gets into verse 2 here. Verse 2 simply states the underlying principle of this command. Right? This underlying principle of as, and it's as an imperative. Right? This is a command that Paul is giving here. Bear one another's burdens. And so fulfill the law of Christ. And obviously the, the precept here applies to all sorts of burdens. Not just the burden of um, another person's sin, but any burden as well. Romans chapter 15 verse 1 says this, it says, We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak. And not to please ourselves. Probably it's, it's important, right, to know what does that mean, right? To bear. What does it mean to, to bear someone else's burden? Uh, the word there in the Greek is the exact same word that is used of Simon. You remember the Lord Jesus Christ uh, after he was scourged and beaten. He was forced to carry his cross to the place of the skull, in Hebrew known as Golgotha. And, and the Lord Jesus was so close to death, um, so weak and so um, mutilated that he was unable to carry that cross. And so you know the story well is that they actually grabbed Simon and they tell Simon to bear the cross of Jesus. That he actually had to literally carry the rest of the way and it's the exact same word in the Greek. Um, the word here has the idea of removal, um, but literally it means to lift, 
Right? Figuratively, it means to endure, to declare, to sustain or receive. But really, the meaning is very simple. It means to carry or to take up. And so we are commanded here by God to carry or to take up one another's burdens. What is a burden? It's interesting that this word bear and burden both come from the same root word. Um, and the notion here in burden is the idea of going down. Um, it's compared to a word that means a, a weight. Uh, figuratively, it could be like a load, an abundance, um, something that's burdensome, a weight. And so these burdens, right, could, could be anything. It could be failures, could be temptations, could be testings, could be trials, whatever it is. But we all face various burdens, various weights, various loads in our lives that weigh us down. And I can honestly tell you from my own personal experience just recently is that, uh, and maybe you can relate to this, is that it's so hard to articulate what your burden is. When someone says, hey, listen, how are you doing? You're saying, you know what, I'm not doing well. And they say, well, what is it? And you say, well, I don't know how to describe it to you, but all I can tell you is that it's heavy. It's something that's weighing me down right now, and I can't shake it. I can't get out of it. I find myself, my thoughts are consumed with it, and I find myself sitting here carrying something that is too heavy for me to carry. It's too much. And Paul suggests that when you actually carry, you take up one another's burdens, you fulfill the law of Christ. Fulfill the law of Christ. And so... Paul is making very clear here that the whole moral law is in view here, right? The entire thing, everything that Christ commanded here when he was here on earth, right? We go back to, you know, what Greg was sharing last week here. He says, listen, a new commandment I give to you, right? What made that commandment new? Well, may I suggest that I, I think that the reason why that commandment was new was because it was superior to the old. What made that new commandment? What made the law of Christ superior to the old one? Well, one... The old one said, love your neighbor, right? <laughs> Christ, not here, but elsewhere, he says, love your enemies. <laughs> Man. But not only that, right, as, as Greg had mentioned last week, is that it was the, the degree to which you were to love now. He says, a new commandment I, love, I give to you, that as I have loved you, so you also ought to love one another. Back in the law, they didn't have that degree <laughs> to which they were to love. But here's another reason why that was more superior to the old is that now they could do it with the power of the Holy Spirit. Again, in the Old Testament, they didn't have that. And so you have this new commandment, this, this law of Christ, and, and Paul saying, listen here, when you bear one another's burdens, when you carry and you take up one another's loads, uh, that weight that each of us are carrying, he goes, you actually fulfill the law of Christ. And so we see that the whole moral law is in view here. Every act of compassion and self-sacrifice on behalf of our brethren is a practical means of displaying the love of Christ and thereby fulfills the moral demands of His law. Did you get that? That every time you take up and you carry your brother or your sister's load, you are displaying the love of Christ.
I found, um, me personally too, again, is there, there are times um, when <laughs> those in the church, for whatever reason is, they don't help carry your burden. Um, sometimes it may be because they don't know. Sometimes maybe they feel like they're, they're inadequate, they don't have the ability to. Sometimes maybe they don't want to, I don't know. But I think we've all experienced times where we experience a heavy load, uh, heavy care, and we have to bear that burden alone. I was encouraged again to consider um, what Jesus Christ did for me. And that I don't know what you're going through this morning. I don't know what kind of loads you're carrying. I don't know what kind of weights are weighing you down. I don't know what's obscuring your heavenly perspective. But let me encourage you in this, is that Jesus Christ knows what it's like to bear a burden. In fact, I want you to know that uh, when it came to your sin, when it came to uh, a problem that you had, Jesus Christ was willing to bear your burden. In fact, in John chapter 19, verse 17, it says this. This is the Lord Jesus. It says, And he, bearing his cross, he went out to a place called the place of the skull. And then in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, it says this. Speaking of the Lord Jesus, it says, He himself bore our sins. In his own body, on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, may live for righteousness. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 28, it says, So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. No one, no one has ever bore more than the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus Christ in that moment when his hour had come, no one ever had or ever will again had to bear what he bore that day. And it was much more than bearing a heavy wooden cross on his back. It was that he would have to take your sins and my sins, the weight of our sin, the sin that kept us from God, kept us separated from God, the sin that had us destined for hell, He bore that in His own body. He took that load. You remember the hymn that says, O Christ, what burdens bowed Thy head. Our load was laid on Thee. At the cross, Your load and my load was laid on Him. And He took that load. He bore that load for you and I because He loved us. And oh, what a load it was to consider that He would have to take the filth, um, the dirt, all that the world has in our sin and he would take it upon himself so much so that that the father would forsake him 
that was a load that you and I could never bear. Only he could bear that load. But not only did Christ bear our burden of sin, but the amazing thing is that he continues to bear our burdens now. Right? In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, it says, Casting some of your care on him. Oh, casting all your care on him. Why? Because he cares for you. <laughs> that, that Philippians says that you can actually not worry about anything. That you can actually be anxious for nothing as long as in everything you what? You pray. Right? That we give it to him. It's interesting in Isaiah chapter 53 Verse 4, we're familiar with that verse. It says, Surely He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. <laughs> Another way of saying that is you could say He has uh, borne our pains and carried our sicknesses. But if you read in Matthew chapter 8, verses 16 and 17, it's interesting. The people are bringing to Jesus uh, people who are demon-possessed, people who are sick, and Jesus is healing all of them. And, and Matthew says right there, he goes, and he fulfilled this prophecy. And so certainly when we read Isaiah 53, there will be those who will look back on the, the day of the cross and realize that Christ had bore their sicknesses, that he had carried their diseases at that cross when he was sacrificed. But at the same time, Matthew says, hey, listen, even when he was here on earth, he was doing that. That was a burden for him. Hey, their, their burdens were being brought to him, the sicknesses and the demon-possessed, and it says that he carried all those. He bore all those for them while he was here on this earth. The song we sang this morning, I don't know if you paid attention to the words or not, but some of the words in that hymn says this, What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. Not some of your sins, not some of your griefs, but all of them. It says, are we weak and heavy laden? Are we cumbered with a load of care? Precious Savior, still our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Another line says, blessed Savior, Thou hast promised, Thou will all our burdens bear. Brothers and sisters, um, Paul makes this duty a high priority to bear one another's burdens. But you know what? We are failures. <laughs> we don't always do what God wants us to do. Okay? I myself have fallen short so many times. But isn't it good to know that the Lord Jesus Christ does not fail? That the Lord Jesus Christ, not only did He bear your burden of sin, but even now He wants you to bring all of your grief all of your cares, all of your burdens to Him, and He'll bear it for you. He'll care for you. He never intended you for you to carry it. He wants to carry it for you. And so bring your burdens to the Lord Jesus. If there was two questions here that perhaps Paul is asking in this context here, he says, listen, do you want to fulfill the moral requirements of the law? He would say, then love your neighbor. And then if the next question is, well, then how do you love him? Paul would say here, by bearing his burdens. 
And it's interesting, right, um, that, that Paul would emphasize this theme, right, this theme of bearing one another's burdens in an epistle written to confront people who were falling into legalism. That was the problem with the church of Galatia. They were falling into legalism, right? They were so caught up in fulfilling the law and keeping the law. And he, as I said, gives all these arguments for uh, not falling into that. But I just think it's interesting that this would fall into this. This context of bearing one another's burdens, right, would fall in the context of this epistle. And to me, it's as if Paul is saying this. You want to observe the law, right? The, the law is so high and mighty to you. Then listen, fulfill the law of Christ. <laughs> if the law is so important to you, right, if you're someone who says, listen, I got to know what to do and this thing goes, then fine. Listen, let it be the law of Christ. And if you have to impose burdens on yourselves, because that's what they were doing. They were imposing these unnecessary burdens on themselves in order to keep the law. He says, fine, if you're into that, you want to impose burdens upon yourselves, then let it be through acts of love towards your neighbor. Bear their burdens. Don't impose these unnecessary, arbitrary rules on yourself. He said, let it be acts of love towards your neighbor. And there's a word of caution with this uh, in this context. Again, we won't spend a lot of time in this, but it's certainly there. I want to mention is that as you attempt to share the burden of another, because that's what we are called to do. Right? We are called to share one another's uh, burdens, to carry one another's burdens. But Paul here says, listen, don't get a superiority complex. Uh, that's important, right? Again, that's our nature. Okay. You know, we'll get some sort of superiority complex where we start to think highly of ourselves. Um, as we see in verse 3 here, he says, listen, don't, don't think of yourself as something <laughs> when you're nothing. Paul doesn't beat around the bush, does he? Okay. We are nothing apart from Christ. He says, and also in verse 4, he says, don't look for satisfaction by comparing yourself with others. And we love to do that. Right. Okay. In other words, he's saying, listen, if you just focus on fulfilling the law of Christ and, and by doing that, bearing your, uh, your brother or sister's burdens, by loving your neighbor, he says, then listen, focus on that. Rejoice in your work. Don't rejoice in others' failures. It seems like that's perhaps the tendency of the church in Galatia here was that, OK, yeah, Paul, yeah, we can do that, you know, um, we can bear one another's burdens, but, you know, because we are, you know, superior to that person or um, because, you know, clearly we don't have everything that's going on that they're going on. He said, listen, every single one of us has a load of care. Every one of us. Every one of us is carrying something this morning. Okay? For most of you here, you're carrying several things this morning. And we need to be those who carry each other's burdens. So let's not, uh, as we attempt to do so, let us not develop some sort of superiority complex or start comparing um, or looking for satisfaction by comparing ourselves uh, to others. And so how do we carry one another's burdens? Right? How do we do that? Um, before we even get into that, I just want to say this, and I don't, 
I don't know if uh, this is just me or if it's uh, of the Lord. I'm hoping it's of the Lord is that I, I think we have to somehow, and, there, and there's a lot of things that are going before this happens. There, there's, there's certainly trust that has to be developed. There's a relationship that has to happen. Um, and so certainly that's on the other party. But for those of you that are having um, troubles, for those of you that are carrying a burden, you know, so often we don't share it. And so it's very hard for the church to fulfill the law of Christ, to bear one another's burdens when we don't know you have a burden. And I don't know how that all works practically. Like I said, there, there are some things that, um, that you just don't feel comfortable sharing with others. Um, perhaps sometimes it can be a, a general statement where you say, hey, listen, brother or sister, I can't disclose the details right now, but would you please pray for me? I, I've got a heavy load of care right now, and I just need someone to carry it with me. But I would just encourage you, because I know, listen, again, we, we, there's this, the society kind of wants to let you know that, listen, you're all alone out there. That, that this is something that you've got to carry on your own. And even as I say that, I want to mention that, listen, each and every one of us, if you are a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, all you are called to bear is the cross of Christ. In fact, Jesus says, listen, if you can't bear my cross daily, you're not worthy to be my disciple. And so that is something that we are to bear, the cross of Christ. But I don't want you to think that, that you're alone in this world. As I just said, is that we are, are instructed daily to, to um, keep our eyes um, set on Jesus, keeping our eyes focused on what's above. And, and a lot of times our care, our load keeps us focused downward. It, it, it obscures our perspective. That's where we can come in for each other. That's where we can help each other and, and, and kind of sustain each other and come alongside and lift each other and try to help them keep their proper perspective. But I just want to mention that is that, listen, you know, don't feel like you're all alone. As I said, the wonderful thing is that the Lord Jesus knows your burden and you can certainly share it with him. But you also have a family here. You have those who love you and, and care for you. And um, I would encourage you, too, to find someone. Find someone that you trust. Find someone that you love and, and, and say, listen, I, I just need prayer right now. Or say, listen, I, I need you to, to help me with this. Um, and so certainly, what are, what are some, some practical ways that we can carry each other's burdens or bear one another's burdens? Um, one of the things I thought was interesting is, and I would encourage you to look at it and read it. I think it's a tremendous illustration of this. Uh, it's in the Old Testament. It's in uh, Exodus chapter 17. Some of you are familiar with the story. But it's at a point where um, God has asked Moses and God's people to go to war with Amalek and the Amalekites. And uh, Moses tells uh, Joshua, says, listen, I need you to go down and you're going to fight Amalek. You're going to fight the Amalekites. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to go right up here on this mountain over here. You're going to see me, and I'm going to have my rod with me, and I'm going to be watching you guys. And so the, the, the war breaks out, and every time Moses holds his hands up, God allows Joshua to prevail against the Amalekites. But then, you know, I don't know if you've ever had your arms out for a while. Okay? It, it hurts, man. Whew. Let me tell you. Okay? I was actually going to have you guys do that today, see who could keep it out there for the whole time of the message. But, um, but uh, so eventually Moses' arms come down. Well, when his arms come down, Amalek starts to prevail, and they start to win. And so Moses again lifts up his arms again. And so 
he gets to a point where he's exhausted, right? And so think about this. If you're Moses, right, think about the burden he's carrying right now. Not only are his arms hurting, but he knows, he's realizing now, oh, wait a minute, my own weakness is affecting the victory. That's quite a burden, isn't it? Like, to think about that, he's thinking, oh, man, i got to keep these up, but if I don't, they're going to die. Like, what a burden to carry. Think about that for a moment. They're not just beating each other. There are people who are dying. They're getting killed. But one of the great things that illustrates this is that who's with him? He's got Aaron and he's got his friend Her. And they're with him and they see what's going on. And you know what they do? They grab a, a rock and they bring over a rock. Now, think about this. If you're going to sit on a rock, it's got to be a pretty big rock. right? It says that they actually brought him a stone, a rock that he could sit on, right? And then they both come alongside of him and they each hold up one arm. <laughs> what an amazing illustration. Here are two men that were willing to carry Moses' burden. And it says that they, carried, they held his arms until sundown. And God gave Israel the victory. Listen, brothers and sisters, sometimes... We need to provide someone a stone to sit on. <laughs> All right? What does that look like? Maybe we could bring someone furniture who has none. Okay? That's a way that you can bring a stone to someone. Right? You can see a need, a burden that someone has, and you can just bring it to them. They saw that Moses needed to sit. <laughs> he was tired. There wasn't no spring chicken anymore. Right? Perhaps, you know, someone has to get a car fixed. Right? You can give money for them to fix their car. Right? Um, perhaps someone is, is sick in the hospital and maybe you can get a team of, of teenage girls and drive up to visit them. You know? Right? There's things that you can do to ease someone's burden, to help carry it with them. Right? You could visit someone at their house. You could say, hey, listen, let's go get a cup of coffee. Let's go get breakfast together. There are lots of ways that you can carry someone's burden. But one of the things I realized is that we can't always carry the physical load itself. Let's say someone has a large term paper that's due at the end of the week. You can't do that for them. (laughs) There are those who are um, carrying a burden that, that you cannot do anything about right now. There are those who are grieving the loss of a child. There are those who are grieving the loss of a dad. Uh, There are those who are watching and experiencing someone dying. You can't do anything for those things. What I mean by is that it's physical. The the physical load itself, um, there's not much that we can do. But, what we can do is we can carry the mental or emotional burden for another through prayer. Do not underestimate the power of prayer. And listen, when I say prayer, listen, I don't mean that, you know, um, we mentioned, hey, listen, you know, Sharon's back in the hospital this week. Let's pray for Sharon. And, and we leave here and we do not pray for Sharon again until next week. And Mike stands up again. You go, oh, yeah, Lord, pray for Sharon. Yeah. And then when you go to Mike and say, hey, Mike, I just want you to know I pray for Sharon. It's not quite like that. 
Okay? What I'm talking about prayer is, is prayer that shows up at their doorstep. It takes their hand in yours, and it speaks life to them. That's what I'm talking about. We need to get to a point where we are willing to bear one another's burdens. Not just this conversation, not just, like I said, this faceless interaction of media. It's, listen, you go to that person's house. You meet with that person and say, listen, I'd like to hold your hand. I'd like to pray with you. And then you can leave if you want. We have people in this assembly who are bearing a heavy load. A heavy load. Some have been bearing it for years. Years. And still waiting for the church to fulfill the law of Christ to come over them and say, listen, brother, I'd like to carry this with you. Sister, I'd like to help carry this with you. We are commanded repeatedly to seek the things that are above. We are instructed to look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. We do not want the burdens of this life to divert our hearts from heaven or from Christ. As believers, let us help bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank You again for Your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, thank You for bearing my sins on that tree. And I'm so grateful that You are a Savior who allows me to cast all my care. Whatever it is I'm going through, all those weights, that load, uh, and I can cast them on You. And Lord, certainly I just pray that You would help each and every one of us here um, we know it's hard. It's our nature. Every one of us slips into like a self-love, a, a self-absorption, a self-centeredness, and it's, it's hard. It's hard for us to, to go out and to bear one, one's burden. Um, it is a sacrifice. Um, there is much pain involved with that. There's sorrow. There's um, uncomfortableness. And Lord Jesus, you experienced all of that for us. You know exactly what that's like to bear um, the sins of the world. And so we're so grateful that we can look to you uh, as our example. And uh, we're just so thankful for that. Just again, um, pray for those uh, this morning who are just um, have a heavy load of care. May they again... Um, this morning be reminded what a friend they have in Jesus. Um, that you are there for them. That they can uh, give those things that are worrying them, that are that are grieving them, that, that they're, they're straining with, that they're struggling with, that they can give them to you this morning. We give you thanks for that in Jesus' name. Amen.